0: Welcome back to Simmering Thoughts, where we serve up slow cooked thinking on Christian life and theology. I'm the host, Ryan Akers, and I want to thank you for listening to this program. This season on Simmering Thoughts, we are looking at discipleship. Specifically, we're looking at how the book of James helps guide someone on a discipleship journey. How are we shaped by the text? How does the text challenge us and move us forward toward growth in Christ? So sit back, settle in, and enjoy this episode of Simmering Thoughts. Welcome back to Simmering Thoughts. My name is Ryan Akers, and this is starting a new series for us. We are going to look at the idea of discipleship. And doing that, we're going to look specifically at the book of James. And so I have a guest today uh, who is in discipleship ministry. That's kind of one of the key things that he does in his ministry. And uh, I've had an opportunity to sit through some uh, sessions with him leading and have been really edified through those. And I pray that as we go through this episode that you will uh, be edified just as much. I want to introduce to you. Peter Swanson, and he is with Love Serves International, Uh, and so uh, I want to give you a chance to listen to him introduce himself a little bit more, and Peter, if you could include what is it that Love Serves does?
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Ryan. You know, it's an honor. It's a pleasure to talk about Jesus, Mm. talk about his word, and uh, the number one thing on his heart is discipleship. Uh, We know this, of course, because it's some of the last words that he had with his disciples uh, before he ascended back to the right hand of the father. And it's part of this message of reconciliation that he gave us. And so I love talking about it. I appreciate you giving me the chance. So um, yeah, love serves is a a not for profit ministry. Uh, We are a coaching training type of a ministry. We walk alongside local churches uh, specifically working with their pastor and their their key leaders um our main goal or outcome that we're hoping for is a healthier church that can uh, have a greater impact in the community where God has placed them um utilizing all god's people so not just uh, a handful but uh kind of taking that uh the scripture ephesians four twelve um you know, the the leaders that God has given the church are there to equip God's people for the work of the ministry. And so we believe that every man, woman, and child has a unique uh, and God-given calling, um, giftings, passions, um, specifically to reach others who don't know Christ. Um, Ryan and I can't reach everybody, um you listener can't reach everybody but there is people that you that god will use you to meet to and to uh relate to to connect to and uh that god will use to bring to christ so it's going to take all of us yep. and that's that's what we do as a ministry is we try to help through tools through workshops uh and one-to-one coaching to help the leadership of a church really uh, hone in on that equipping God's people for the work of the ministry. And that, that would be a good nutshell of what we do.
0: And I'm going to go ahead and kind of set up the the next one for you for a nice, easy pitch down the middle. Uh, It's so that idea of equipping is very much parallel. I would imagine in your mind with the word discipleship and that it's, it's pretty much two uh, synonyms, if not just parallel words. Uh, And so My question is, uh, when we look at discipleship, what does that look like uh, in the best of times? And maybe uh, what are some less than optimal circumstances that are still places where discipleship can happen within the local church?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, I'm a firm believer that discipleship uh, is the only way we are going to reach the world. Um, Why do I say that? Well, because when Jesus said, go, therefore, and make disciples, um, teaching them, baptizing them, and then teaching them to follow my commands. We think about the context of what was happening uh, when he said those words. Uh, He had just uh, been, you know, after his death and resurrection, uh, he had spent some, you know, around 40 days, right, with his Mm -hmm. disciples. he was uh he presented himself to to a number of different people even up to 500 i think it said yeah. and so all this it, he, all this is the setup for okay now i'm giving you uh this job you know what i have shown you in other words the commands that i taught and all those parables and all mm-hmm. those side stories uh in my in the preaching in the teaching in the one to ones all along the road, every moment that he spent in those three years with the disciples and the crowds and everything else, he's he was showing them God's kingdom. And so when it when we talk about discipling, it's very much of a relational um come, come alongside and modeling mm. what it looks like to actually live out this missional life. Um so Contrast that to discipleship, what I think discipleship is not, is Bible study, where you're memorizing Scripture, and you're gaining more knowledge, and that's it. That is a part of it, and I think memorizing Scripture is a key part. Understanding doctrine, understanding um, key principles in God's Word, uh, getting a greater understanding of who God is, knowledge-wise. But if it does not produce uh, a life that looks more and more like Jesus, then we're not discipling. So I don't know if that, uh, you know, I have lots of stuff to say about that, (laughs) but uh, that's kind of to take a breath.
0: Yeah, uh, it kind of feels like that's setting up uh, and and really walking right into the front door in James with his focus on. Uh, be doers of the word. And that's another episode in terms of digging into that idea. But the idea that, that we're not just supposed to hear, but we're supposed to do. And, you know, when you would think about the way, uh, you know, as a teacher, when I think about the way my students learn, a lot of times they, they learn by watching me do, especially in the music classroom where I could pick up an instrument and I can demonstrate what I want. But at Mm -hmm. some point I have to hand them the instrument and they have to be the one that creates and they have yeah. to be able to do the thing. And there's a lot of of, of touch and go. There's a lot of, of moments where, as the, the teacher, I feel like I'm on the edge because I don't know what they're going to do next. And they have to make mistakes in the process as well. It's not just, uh, you know, I hand it to them and they've got it figured out the first time. And, you know, James he doesn't mince words. He's pretty straightforward with it that, you know, if you just sit and listen and, but you never actually do anything with this, you're wasting your time in listening even uh, because it's done you, it's done, you no good. You might as well forget. You're going to forget everything first of all. And second of all, you might as well because you haven't done anything with it. Uh, and mm-hmm. so uh, as we take that, I guess uh, one of my questions is, and that I've got in my mind as I'm looking at this, cause I know, I didn't grow up in a church that did discipleship really, really well. uh there wasn't that one on one time there was uh, a lot of teaching time, but there wasn't practice time necessarily for everything and so i'm uh I'm kind of have that in the back of my head with the whole series is what do we tell someone who's in a church where discipleship isn't necessarily happening, whether they're a leader or whether they're the person that that is needing to be discipled, especially that person, the one that needs to be discipled. What can, how can they look to James as someone to start them on the discipleship process? And then what can they do within their church to, to find people that can disciple them along with it?
1: Yeah, well, that's a mouthful, bro.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm also used to writing complex questions for high schoolers. (laughs) Yeah, that's really good. Uh, I, I bet, uh. I'm I'm not as smart as a fifth grader, let
1: alone a high schooler. <laughs> but uh, I'll do my best. Um, yeah. So, it, especially looking at James, uh, like you said, uh, we're kind of almost leading into that first chapter um, where he's like, "Hey, if if anyone lacks wisdom, um, he should ask God." Well, wisdom is applied knowledge. You know, it's it's understanding the difference between right and wrong. Well. Um, there's other parts of scripture that talk about if you know what's right and you don't do it, it's a sin for you. Yep. And yep. so one of the things when we've professed Christ and he is calling us to follow after him, if we aren't making disciples or if we're not seeking to grow spiritually, then man, we're, we're in, we're in jeopardy here. It's like we, 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 it behooves us therefore than to do whatever it takes to find somebody who can disciple us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most people who would be totally capable of discipling somebody um, don't think they are. You know, they mm-hmm. it, we need to demystify <laughs> uh, <laughs> what discipleship looks like, what real discipleship, because what they assume is is it's got to be uh, the guy with the microphone from the stage. Um, who's got a doctorate or at least a a, a, a master's in theology uh, to be able to disciple people, and and I yeah. think that's kind of why we have what we do. We have uh, maybe small groups like a Sunday school class or a home group where there is a a teacher that has all this experience and they're gifted and they've they've studied to show themselves to prove and all that's important, but um, there are plenty of folks who you know, they are close to the Lord, but they've never been challenged to consider just walking with someone. And it doesn't have to be 15 people. It can be one, maybe two. And um, how it will multiply, it ends up being probably greater than the the former, where you have a bunch of people who sit, listen, forget 90% of it, Mm -hmm. never do anything with it, let alone teach somebody else, intentionally to follow the commands of Christ. Um, Instead, what we get is a slow moving freight train that once it gets up to steam, um, you know, the multiplication starts happening because people are taking it, they're sensing in themselves real life transformation. And a big part of leading somebody else is you got to kind of prepare. And so a, a person is sometimes afraid to like, Well, what if I don't have the answer? You know what? It's okay. Let's go find the answer together. Right. And being able to humble ourselves and say, hey, you know what? I don't have to have all the answers in order to disciple someone. And to make it uh, super connect, that connection's got to be more relational. Uh, Like I was saying earlier, we're 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 looking at Jesus as our model. What did we what did we see him do? You know, as we read scripture. What we see him do is draw near to people. We see him like literally looking them in the eye. You know, you can imagine he's like right there face to face and he's having these life conversations and he equates it to God's kingdom. Yeah, And that's that's discipleship. It's it's not as hard as it sounds, but it is. I would say it's this. It's simpler than we make it, but it is still hard. Yes. Uh hard meaning uh we we gotta get our hands dirty. We gotta take time with people. You mm-hmm. know, you hear that the word love is spelled T-I-M-E. Um <laughs> well I would say in order to disciple somebody, you have to love them. You have to love them in that Hebrew word hesed. Hesed is desiring the good of another. Well, mm-hmm. as the disciple maker, I want to see somebody grow in their walk with God. I want to love them, hesed. I want them to um, see how Jesus has changed my life. And as we walk this road together, it it's the synergistic thing. Like, you know, the iron sharpening iron happens, but it's mm-hmm. also like, you know, we're we're getting excited. I think there's joy that is left on the table all the time uh, in churches um, because we
0: don't take a chance. We don't yeah. uh, go for it. you know. I think sometimes we, we fall into the trap of accidental discipleship where the needs of the moment, it's there and we'll, we'll get started on it, but then it gets a little sticky for a minute and then suddenly we stop. And it's like, okay, I can't go any further with this. And then you, and then a few weeks later, somebody else will have a moment. And, okay, there is a little bit that happened there, but there's not a consistency to it. Uh, that certainly was my experience. And in the churches I've been in, I've, as I've watched and as I reflect back on what I've seen, uh, that's something that, that seems to strike me, that we're not uh, the, 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 the ebb and flow of a disciple and the ebb and flow of growth that a disciple has as they, as they go through this, it's hard to endure through some of that. As you know, I just taught you, it's my, my teenage, I've got a a 13 year old at home, right? So, you know, we teach him and I've told him 35 times, I've shown him, I've walked him through it. I've done it with him. I've had him do it with me watching, go do this thing. (laughs) And he still doesn't get it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and you you just want to like shake but then i remember that i did the same thing you know i went through that same process i remember exasperating my dad the exact same way and yeah. i remember that now what happened was it was training me for when i didn't have the crutch of dad sitting behind me and so that now when that's taken away now i know what to do and mm. i've been shaped in how to think and so much of the teaching in the parables and so much of the teaching in James frankly is is taught as a way of that we can keep coming back to and rethinking situations and it and it puts us in that situation again and we can work our mind through that and it and one of the things the more i've i've looked at the study the more i've been preparing for it uh, J- James is almost a handbook of the Christian walk. I mean, it's just like, you, you want to know what to do next? Well, here we go. Let's start right at the beginning. One, ask for wisdom. Two, it's going to get hard. Take joy in that. Three, <laughs> You know, you just walk yourself all the way through it. And, and he, and it's so practical, the things that the circumstances that are brought up, you know, you're sitting in a room and somebody walks in, how do you receive that person? That's a really practical nature uh, of a thing. And, how often do we have that conversation with somebody over a, over a long time? You know, I've, uh, there were guys in, and the, the, the folks that helped shape me, it wasn't like I was a long-term project. It was just a need of the moment. And it would, it's been so cool to have been somebody's long-term discipleship project outside of my dad, my dad did a fantastic job of that, but within the church uh, having that extra relationship, they're just it wasn't a long form thing. Part of that's because we moved a few times and I'm sure that it <laughs> interrupted a few opportunities, but uh, it's something that stuck with me and, and having something like James to, to kind of be a handbook for somebody, you know, if, you, if you're in the discipleship, if you're the disciple or, if you're willing to take somebody under your wing, this would be a great book to walk through with someone multiple times, like come back to it every year or so. Just my opinion. I think
1: <laughs> I agree, man. When it, the manual or the guidebook—that's a—that's a great um, analogy. Or uh, I think you're right. James is definitely that. The um, yeah, that we're we're getting a little bit into chapter one here for. for <laughs> that's next, we can
0: we can do that a little bit, but
1: <laughs> yeah, it's. But when you said there will be trials, and he he of course says. Take joy in that. Why is that joyful? It's because it is in our testing that we see what we're really made of. It's kind of like the old, you know, you, um, you put metal through fire to see what comes out on the other side, like the purity that comes, you know, the dross gets uh, skimmed off, et cetera. But it's like, it's like your, your true colors. And so it's also a kind of a test of our, um, our, our faith and our dedication, it's not a bad thing. Uh, it's actually a good thing. You know, people yeah. who are athletes probably know this better than most, you know, it's, they, they know that the pain is there for a while until they have gotten strong enough, mm-hmm. you know, to, to withstand that. And then, yep. you know, the Lord will take them, take, you know, back to the Christian, like, uh, now, uh, part of it, we, are not ready for everything right away. You know the teenager going through his trials as a young believer, or uh, you know somebody who comes to Christ in their fifties. You know they're going to have different trials yeah. that are that God knows that are appropriate to to draw them um and closer. And sometimes right when we feel like you know we're we're up here <laughs> we, can't, we can't take that breath, um, he promises us you know uh, something to stand up under it. And uh, to be able to take that breath again, he yeah. he is faithful. He is faithful. But yeah, I think it's with the trials that as a disciple maker, um, we don't do a disciplee or a, somebody we're mentoring any favors by trying to sugarcoat it on the front end or in the midst of it, say, uh, you know, it's, you know, kind of sugarcoat that like, you know, don't worry, this is this'll this'll pass, you know, let's just try to get over it. Don't think about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, you know, no, like what is God doing in the midst of this painful moment, these struggles, this this suffering? Uh we are so suffered suffering adverse in uh oh, in our yes. western culture in in particular, um <laughs> that we we could learn a few things um by just uh, allowing ourselves, I don't, I'm not saying wallow, but like sit in it for a little bit. You know, you think, I remember seeing this in my mind's eye, the picture of Job when he lost everything and he's sitting in ashes and he's covered in boils and he's torn his clothes and he's just, you know, and you're like, our American culture is like, get, to, get it together, man. You got yeah. put on a good face. You know, it's going to be fine. Like bootstraps, you know, this thing. <laughs> And he just, you know, in his grief, um, I think there is a lot to be said. He he began to understand um, what God was doing, even in a godly man. You know, he was showing yeah. Job himself a little of something where he could grow, you know. so uh,
0: I think there's some others uh, in the Old Testament that are similar. And you, uh, one that sticks in my mind is Ruth and David. Uh, you know, you think of Hannah and what she went through you know, yeah, Joseph. year after year. Yeah. <laughs> Joseph. I mean, goodness. And, and the, the, the fact that they kept memory of those times and, you know, you read through what David went through just with Saul. It's one that I go back to with my teenagers all the time. You know, he's anointed King. He's the rightful King, but he has to wait till the King dies before he can actually be King. And in the meantime, the King's trying to kill him more than once. And, and, you know, of all the things you have to go through as a teenager, let me tell you David's story (laughs) on top of all of the things that you're doing. He also had this and, but we read what he has in the Psalms and how he sits in those times uh, and, and allows the fire of the, of the struggle to refine him uh, that, that image of the proving of your faith, you know, the, 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 it's what first Peter is the one who spends the time with that. And yeah. we, we, we get to see what it is. And I think with the, the mentor disciple or type relationship uh, it's an opportunity for you to, to demonstrate that, you know, I remember going through this time. I'm, I didn't just shove it away from my memory. I didn't run away from the pain. Uh, I've, I've had some things like that, that have happened that have been difficult moments that our teaching times when something happens with my teenagers. Hey, you're hugely disappointed right now. Exactly. You're allowed to be, it's a good thing because that may not be the thing God has for you. There's something else going on here. And to understand that and be able to wrap that into how we function. Uh, it, that does, That's what the discipleship thing is, 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 is learning that all of that is, additive to you instead of taking away and learning from those failures. You know, I, I used to struggle with this very part of what you're going through or mine's not exactly like yours, but this is a struggle that I had. I can see you're having struggle. Here's what kind of worked for me. How can we work through this together? And it's that together part. You keep, you know, you keep mentioning that, that it's a relationship. How do we do this together? um uh, and and as you think about what we have in in the proverbs that the or ecclesiastes i can't remember which one of the wisdom books that's what i'll go with one of the wisdom books says uh <laughs> the three-corded knot is not easily broke or the three-corded uh rope is not easily broken why well because when one fails you still got two there holding on and you have a chance to then mend that one uh and and you know again and again in in the book of James we get those kinds of things hey you're struggling with this let me knock you around a little bit and show you which direction to go because we're failing here and now what and and part of what i love with James is he always gives us the picture of both the failure and the good and he doesn't mince words about it you know one of my favorites is is the the idea of the freshwater saltwater can a saltwater spring give fresh water and those kinds of, of questions that force you into going one way or the other and understanding it.
1: Hmm. Yeah, man.
0: Not really a question there. I just hit a stop spot. Sorry. No, that was really
1: good. <laughs> it's good stuff. We have, uh, you touched on, uh, I, I don't think you actually said the word empathy, but you re- referenced mm. it many times, you know, as a disciple maker, um, and learning what that means to to show so some of the fruit of the spirit that um that is uh almost like aspects of love you know the fruit of the mm-hmm. spirit is love joy peace patience kindness gentleness you know and so on it's like if you think about it all the other eight fruit of the spirit are really kind of aspects of love and so for example kindness is like Doing something for the good of someone else, or responding in gentleness um, when somebody is, you know, not doing you know bad behavior. You know, they're doing bad behavior, but you're gentle with them. Um, You show self control and patience with them. Like that is all again, Hesed, or for the good of the other. Um, You're not coming, you know, you're not bringing down the hammer, um, but you are coming alongside them. You're Getting in your face and then saying, you know, there is something behind this bad behavior. You don't say that all <laughs> right out outright, right. but discipleship, I think, is helping them uh, grow in these 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 spots where that fruit begins to um, uh, to pr- be produced, like Gentleness. But they have to be able to see it somewhere. If uh, if we are reactionary. Uh, They never get to see that gentle response, the kindness. Uh, In other words, the empathy of understanding, you know, man, you're going through a tough time. So now when it comes time for them to disciple somebody, because we want to multiply, we want to duplicate ourselves, right? Um, They have lived it. They have watched you um, uh, and all your, all the fruit that the Holy spirit produces in us. um, And it's, I mean, that—that that is the kind, you know, if you could do that with one or two or three people um, over the next five years, let's say, yeah. um, you you will probably do more for the kingdom doing that than, um, you know, preaching to a hundred people, uh, but, but with almost no relationship connection, you know? Yeah. So, a discipleship is the answer.
0: <laughs> it really <laughs> well, is. It's- I've got two things I want to hit before we run out of time. My timer is showing me that we're getting close. Uh, but, uh, you know, with the the agricultural hints that we get in James and really in the whole New Testament, because agriculture was so important to the culture, the patience of the farmer <laughs> is uh, something that I think is really important for us to remember. And, and we've talked about that being one of the, the potential difficulties in the discipleship process is having the patience to wait for the growth to come. Uh, what are some of the other pitfalls that there are that either for the one doing the discipling or the one being discipled uh, in the process? What are the, some of the things that, and maybe even if it's something that comes out of James would be awesome, but if not, no big deal. What, what is something that we should be watching for uh, to protect against?
1: Yeah. Well, I've kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier is that, Our default is to go to the um, words, you know, the data, uh, you know, it's the reading, learning knowledge without any uh, connection to what this actually looks like lived out in a life. And the reason why I think it's a default is because, frankly, it's easier for a disciple maker, a pitfall is um, allowing, to, you know, you know, seeking to go through the um, a curriculum, let's say, or uh, a tool, use a tool and really force trying to, you know, get to the end or to check every box um, at the expense. I would say at the expense of building that that relationship where there is um, time to really flesh it out, you know, live it out um whatever the principle may be, and so that that would be one pitfall is just trying to um to focus more on the the knowledge side of it uh there's gotta be we we've gotta transfer over to what does this look like in a life um and and be willing to take time to do that you know yeah. um that you know another one might be is <laughs> feeling like um you have to have it all together. And we kind of alluded to that too before. And I think it's, it behooves the, the leaders, especially pastors, church leaders, um, when they are uh, tapping the shoulder of some of our, our, our older or more mature uh men and women in, in Christ, that they have, you know, they have that kind of conversation with them that says, Hey, listen, you know, we see this uh we see you as having a a great impact. You are extremely valuable. Um and just go through that conversation, that discussion around, you know, what would it look like if if you had one, maybe two people that you're spending time with and discipling personally one-to-one, and not not in a classroom setting, but an informal setting. It could, it could use a tool, could not, but but helping uh, them overcome whatever the fear or the, you know, whatever hangups they might have. I, I think leadership really, that's a, that's a key thing. Help people overcome those hangups. Yeah. Um, whatever that looks like, because we need all of us. That's the key.
0: Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the word fear. I had literally just written down the word fear in my notebook is something I wanted to hit because I think, uh, from my, from my life, that's been one of the things that has slowed down the discipleship process is just not, not wanting to be sharpened at times uh, and being afraid of what that process is. Uh, and then sometimes being afraid of being the one doing the sharpening, because I don't want to ruin the blade. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, just, just understand that it's the Lord that directs it. And the more you do that in prayer and through the word and let that be what your conversation is, you know, if the word, what's the, the, I think it's the old Spurgeon line when you cut him, he bleeds Bible. Uh, <laughs> you know, if if you, if you are seeking that for yourself and are trying to help that with the other in terms of being able to talk, not just know, but to be able to talk and live and exude would be a good fancy word, exude scriptures uh, in everything you do. Uh, sometimes we're afraid of that because, you know, what are they going to think? What are they going to say? I'm not all that. I've, I'm not perfect. Right. That's the point, (laughs) you know, Uh, and and to just keep trying at it. Uh, So the next thing I was going to ask is on your, in your personal walk in terms of being discipled, in terms of you actually being a discipler uh, just, because this is uh kind of an off the board question, I understand, but what is something that you've struggled with over the years that we maybe haven't discussed yet? Yeah, so
1: as a I had the um wonderful pleasure of uh an older peer, so I will say they were they were a peer they're only a, a year older than me who approached me and said, "Hey, what would you say if I uh, discipled you and they lifted up this book and said, (laughs) we'll just go through this together. And I was like, I was at that moment, I think I was uh, probably 15 or 16 years old. And it was one of those, I was searching for, I was a believer raised in the church. Uh, I was actually a missionary kid on the, in Ecuador, but um, you know, just that, you know, really wanting to follow Christ My for myself and not just the following in my, my parents' footsteps. And they, so I don't, I I mean, I, I see so many people who don't have that story. Nobody approached them. Nobody invited them. I, I didn't go seek it out necessarily. God always seemed to send me people. There was a couple adults in my life that, you know, outside of my parents um, who God put in, in my path, who were willing to ask the hard questions. I remember my friend, Greg, he was about the age of my dad. Uh, He um, uh, taught Bible in this uh, Christian international school in Ecuador. And he would ask me the question, he goes, how is your heart? Mm. And I knew he wasn't talking about, you know, the pump, the blood (laughs) pump, but like, you know, what is my walk look like? How am I doing with my relationship with Jesus you know, have, do, have I been struggling, you know, where have I been struggling? And I'd given them the permission to, um, to ask those questions. And so what, what was, I, I, I honestly, you know, your question, like I'm thinking, you know, as a disciple maker is probably more where the struggle was, is it was, I would approach somebody. And the biggest problem was, coordinating schedules.
0: <laughs> it's yeah. like,
1: you know, and you get a good start and then it's like and, and they weren't the only one to blame. It was it was right. business. It was busyness And so yeah. I know I said that earlier it's like love is spelled t i m e. Um and so in order to really disciple it's like is how worth it how worth it is it to yeah. spend that time to um not just prepare but really to spend the time with somebody. Um, and there's gotta be a commitment to it. Um, but that has been the struggle, uh, over the years is really, um, uh, making it a priority and yeah. personally making it a priority, but also others who I've invited to walk that, walk that path with me, um, to really make it a priority where we, we'll, we get up at 5 AM or we'll get up at 6 AM and we'll, we'll do it. If that's the only time, then that's the time. Yeah. So.
0: Well, that is fantastic. I just got the less than a minute mark on our our recording time. So I want to say to Peter, thank you so much. That is a fantastic place to end, by the way. It takes time. Uh, And so thank you so much for being on. It's been a pleasure to have you. And I hope, listeners, that you will hang in for next week as we continue into James with discipleship. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of Simmering Thoughts. You can find us online with your favorite social media at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can also email us at simmeringthoughts at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on these episodes. With that in mind, if you enjoyed what you heard, please go to your favorite podcast catcher and like and subscribe. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.